They represent escape, relaxation, a respite for the weary traveler. They're a home away from home, however temporary. But it seems that some guests never check out. Today, we're sharing stories about haunted hotels. Welcome to Shadowland, everybody. Welcome. This is a podcast that shines a spotlight on stories of the supernatural, mysterious, eerie, and unexplained. Stuff like bat squatch. Spectrophilia. Dream communication. Shadow people. Prophetic dreams. Bottomless pits. The afterlife. Haunted roads. Time slips. Haunted portals. Black matter. Bubble car driving gnomes. Sex with aliens. Real life gremlins. Stale long-term relationships with aliens. (laughs) Teenage poltergeists. All that stuff. All that stuff and more. Lots more. I'm Christina Callery. And I'm Seth Jablon. And today we're sharing stories about... Haunted hotels. Haunted hotels. And, uh, yeah, I just stayed in one, so. Yes, right. I can't wait to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, but before we get started, we've got some news. Yes, finally, finally some news. It's been a long Um, time. A long time coming. Years, years coming? Something like that. A long time. using it Um, for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. We've got merch finally ready to go we've had it for a while we've just been setting up the store but we've got merch some cool uh t-shirts um hand screen uh shirts that we've got on our um on our website so go check them out the merch store is open it is open for business right and so you can choose between three different shirts two short sleeves and a long sleeve and they're all designed by seth and they're all amazing and my, i have to say my personal favorite is the long sleeve one with it's just got like a simple shadowland logo and i'm not just shilling here i wear it a lot <laughs> to the point where i'm the, like i gotta buy another one yeah nice. um and I, I think i'd wear it no matter what the lettering actually said because it's it's really like lightweight it looks cool it's not too loose it's not too tight Oh, and we also have stickers and oh, glow yes. buttons, stickers. including yes. glow-in-the-dark buttons. Yep. So go get so, some yeah. merch. Go on, check them out. They're uh, hand-screen printed by uh, an artist friend of the show, so they're pretty cool. Um, they're, they're, I mean, we kind of have a limited uh, um, run of them right now, but we'll we'll be getting more um, if they sell out, so no worries there. But Right, right, right. Um, and, and some more stuff. And if you guys have any ideas of like... Yeah kinds of yeah, merch yeah, you'd totally. like let us know we've got this we need hoodies so. <laughs> <What'd> you- <laughs> yeah yeah we're gonna do hoodies at some point um cool but yeah right in the, right in time for spooktober so all right and happy uh, so, halloween everybody because you might halloween. be listening to this right. on halloween yeah most likely so cool well speaking of halloween and all things spooky haunted hotels um i feel like it's one of these ones that's like surprising it took us so long to do this seriously i was like we had to have done it didn't we i know you did the stanley i think early on that's 
Yeah, that's true. Okay, yes, I did do that. That's true. That's true. It wasn't specifically about the, you know, like hotels, but yes, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I guess like, yeah, I mean, we've we keep talking about, it, I feel like recently this, this idea of liminal spaces and like hotels are a liminal space, oh, right? Yeah. They're a transitional space. do a whole space. liminal space episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're also this like weird, I don't know, you know, living metaphor of life, right? Like the grand hotel, right? Like we all come and sort of stay for a time and then go and, you know, some things hang on and linger around. And so, yeah. But um, cool. But I'm I'm very eager to hear about your particular experience. I feel like I have a story too, but and it's partly based on experience. But I wasn't actually. I mean, I've definitely stayed at haunted hotels before, but uh, the one I'm doing wasn't wasn't one. Well, you got to tell your stories too, though, for this episode. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Okay. I will. Yeah. Okay. Well, that being said, do you want to go first? Kind of kick us off and tell your story. I know it's a little shorter. Okay, so um, the story I'm going to do is about the Jerome Grand Hotel. Jerome is a place we've definitely talked about on the show. I don't know if you remember, I I like to joke that it's the sort of evil twin of uh, Sedona. It's a it's a town located in Arizona. And it's a it's an old mining town. it's, uh, um, you know, like I said, we've talked about it quite a bit. It's like, I think we even did a whole episode on it. Um, if you haven't heard it, you know, it's a good one. Um, definitely go check it out. Uh, but just for a, a quick reminder, for those who don't know, it's a um, very haunted, very strange former ghost town. Um, and it's a mining town with a, a storied history, to say the least. Um so it's it's actually located very high up in the mountains, about 5,600 feet to be exact. Um, and it's about an hour away from Sedona. And, 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 you know, much like Sedona, it's a place that has a very sort of strong energy to, to it. Um, unlike Sedona, it's an energy that feels very sort of dark or at least complicated, um, just like its mm. history. So um, I won't go into all its history now because, like I said, it's it's uh, very extensive. Um, but um, you know, it this this hotel in particular is kind of reflective of uh, of its story. Um, you know, and it is one of its most uh, iconic and haunted institutions, right? And that is the Jerome Grand Hotel, which which is a newer hotel, um, but the building is is quite quite old. So the building that the hotel occupies was originally built in um, 1927 uh, as the United Verde Hospital. Um, And it was uh, owned by by the United Verde Copper Company, um, built, commissioned by them in order to serve the the growing mining population of turn of the century Jerome. So um, during its days as a hospital, uh, an estimated 9,000 deaths occurred there, right? Though there's no, like, specific records that can verify that that number, but somehow that's been sort of extrapolated from, you know, it's the, the sort of people who came through there and, and, and I don't know, mm. over that period of time, there's it's, a, it's an estimation. Um, right, and mining is such a treacherous location anyway. Totally, totally. And like, like I said about Jerome, like, it, this place was – it has a storied history. It's most of it's like kind of fucked up. And it's like some of it, you know, there was times where it was one of the wealthiest uh, um, cities in America. Right. 
Um, and so when they built this place, it was fairly state of the art. Um, and it was actually at one point, one of the um, highest rated hospitals in Arizona. So they were doing surgery there. They were doing like cutting edge stuff there. So it wasn't all just sort of like, I think there's sort of narratives that it was a, um, tuberculosis hospital for, for a while or a long time, which isn't exactly true. They definitely had, um, tuberculosis patients, but it wasn't a mental hospital. It was actually like a pretty. Um, state-of-the-art place, but, you know, it's still turn-of-the-century surgery and things like that. And so there was a lot of people who didn't make it. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, like a lot of places in Jerome, that energy tended to hang around there. Um, so, um, so like I said, you know, it couldn't, you know, even though it had this sort of like a, a lot of sort of money and a lot of, um, you know, it was probably, uh, um, you know, for the time, um, you know, great medical care, it still cannot withstand Jerome's um, shadowy influence. And so it slowly took on dark stories of its own. Um, it closed in uh, officially in 1950 and um, remained largely unused for the next 44 years until 1994 um, when it was reopened as a luxury hotel. So um, since then, uh, there's been multitudes of reported encounters by its occupants and guests. Um, you know, there's there's activity sort of all throughout the hotel, but the third floor is the hot spot. Most of the deaths happened there, um, happening in the the operating room was on that floor, right? So, like I said, a lot of this, a lot of people died in surgery. Who knows exactly what the sort of myriad uh, reasons for that was? Whether they were uh, just not successful surgeries, or there was just, you know, there was a lot going on there. Like you said, like probably a lot of mining accidents. I, I imagine some people were coming in there for surgery. Um, so even though it is kind of a remote place, you know, at the time it was a hotspot. So. Right. And I would imagine the anesthesia and, you know, pain control back then yeah. wasn't what it is today. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and there was a lot of, you know, I think they, you know, they definitely had the um, influenza there. Um, they definitely had a, a lot of disease. And, you know, there's a lot of people like living in pretty poor conditions there as well. So there was probably a lot of that going on. A lot of people not in great health. <laughs> um, but a lot of the deaths are reported to have happened in that area. So that's where people, a lot of people see things. And they see things, uh, you know, very much associated with, with the hospital, right? So... They report hearing, hearing the sound of a hospital gurney, um, wheels across the floor, right? So, like, people actually hear, like, gurneys being run across the floor. Like, squeaky. Yeah. Kind well, of, yeah, like, squeaky and rolly. And, and even after having made renovations and replaced the carpet, they can still hear it at 3 in the morning, which is kind mm. of crazy thought. At 3 a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, very witching hour. Um but um, yeah, that's um, we've made uh, to quote the general manager, Chris Althair says um, we've made changes to the carpet and you can still hear it at three in the morning. So, I mean, it's just like an odd thought that you can hear this sound that couldn't be physically done. You know, if you rolled a gurney over heavy carpet, you wouldn't hear it the same way that you would over a hard floor. Right. So that people are hearing this sound that's like almost impossible to, to repeat physically there. Anyway sort of stuck out to me, but, um, okay. There's also a ghost cat 
So, what? <laughs> yes. Um, go, uh, people report Aww. also report hearing the cat on the third floor. They said it sounds like a, a feline jumping onto a bed and walking around, which doesn't mm. sound like that loud of a sound, but um, but uh, it's definitely one that people report. Um, and well, that's often like a feeling people get. Yeah, that maybe that's it. Yeah, maybe they're like hearing something slight and they feel like this mm-hmm. feline presence or something. But they'll also, I think some of them might sort of, I'm not sure if people are actually seeing it, but they do say they see the imprint left behind in the, in the, in the middle of the bed in like the bedspread. So they'll actually like one moment that imprint won't be there and then they'll see it like as if a cat laid down and then got up and walked away. And all fair, the, the general manager said he's heard that um, a million times. So um, another, another um, uh, activity that people hear is um, what they say is a four or five year old child running down the hallway on the third floor. So that's a pretty creepy sound. I mean, like they say they hear crying or laughing. I don't know what's worse, you know, like from a kid. Yeah. yeah. Like hearing yeah, a they're kid both laugh, equally laughing like, like at night. It's just like that. That's fucking. I mean, I feel like you'd rather hear one crying. <laughs> just like the yeah, laughing I mean... just is like really creepy. Well, the laughing almost sounds like ha ha ha. Yeah, like maniacal. Coming to get you. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but um, they'll they they also say that the um, child likes to appear at the foot of the bed in various rooms, and people will wake up and just see this child staring at them at the foot of the bed. Like mm-hmm. that's pretty creepy. Um, and they'll also hear babies crying. Um, okay, so the room that receives the most comments is uh, oh, just real quick. Yeah. Is there like a pediatric ward there, or I don't know. I don't know. A nursery or something. I don't know. I mean, like Did it's you know? an old ass hospital, so I feel like, and, and also in a fairly remote place. So I imagine, I imagine there's people giving birth there, right? Like I, I don't know, but I mean, there must have been something like that, right? If you're fifty six hundred feet above the the desert up in the mountains, right? Like you're not going like, you're not going far, uh, you know, if you are going to the hospital at all. Um, but they, so they must've had some type of childcare there, but who knows? Um, so uh, the room that receives most of its comments is room 32. Um, the general manager says it's a, you know, um, it's a former hospital guest room that had a balcony um, in the site of, um, at least two possible suicides. Um, so one of them was a former minor that had, you know, been, become confined to a wheelchair that um, actually climbed over the balcony and uh, jumped off to his death. Um, and another where a um, businessman who was staying there shot himself. So, so two possible suicides. Um, one of the more famous ghost stories is that of the, um, uh, what was the hospital's maintenance man, Claude Harvey. Um, Claude was found dead in, uh, on April 3rd, 1935. Um, his body pinned under um, the Otis elevator um, that the hospital had. It's oh like kind of this famous God. elevator. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was thought to be murdered. So the, the fact that his body was placed under there was, uh, a lot of people believe that was... Um, to suggest that his death was an accident 
because it's not clear it's not clear that he was like crushed or anything by it but like that he was maybe already dead and then put under there or something like that to sort of hide foul play yeah Yeah. hide the fact that both yeah both are pretty gruesome yes yes totally and this this elevator also has its own um sort of thing there's like a boiler and then there's like this otis that are like kind of famous historical uh, pieces of machinery like this Otis elevator is like very old and it's like it's still in still in use um I think it's like self-operated um but um but yeah staff who who often work there at nights will see um Harvey's ghost um near the boiler room um hear hear him sort of like walking up and down the stairs as if he's still at work um some people have seen him as sort of like a shadow against the wall but nobody's like seen like a full, you know, sort of, you know, figure of him, aberration of him. Like he's kind of seen sort of in the shadows, sort of fleeting here and there. But often people will actually hear him um, sneezing and coughing, right? A ghost sneeze. A ghost sneeze. This is a first. Like really? I, don't, I don't think I've ever heard of this before. I guess I, I guess I haven't either. But I mean, I don't know what the boiler rooms at that time were they like coal or something? Like probably. Or even wood. I mean, it's like, you know, you're working around all this dust and fire and, you know, it probably is a place that's like, you know, causing respiratory issues of some kind, right? Or maybe he had something else. Maybe he had, you know, something. But yeah, coughing and sneezing is a, um, um, you know, is is a common, um, uh, you know, sighting or or, or encounter for him. Um, And then often, you know, when staff will hear these strange noises and things like that they'll go and they'll find an empty uh laundry room so so that was um claude um so there was there's another um there's another ghost there reportedly um who people have called the head nurse or the nurse in charge there was um so like i said the 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 hotel was um the sorry the building itself was empty for a very long time like 40 years or something right so the owners like kind of i think they had like security guards watching for a while and like um jerome had this like period i think it was in, like in the 80s or something where it was very much a ghost town and a lot of people kind of just like moved in there were a lot of artists came and things like that and people just kind of like took over these empty spaces um so there was some of these places people were, were sort of having them watch to make sure that didn't happen. And so they were, people were kind of in and out of this building over those years, even though it laid, you know, um, you know, reporting activity here, even though it was, you know, largely unused. And so a few, a couple of psychics were brought in there um, and they sort of identified this nurse character as like one of the ghosts. Um, and they said, you know, she was sort of located in this, um, what is this area that's now, um, part of the restaurant and lounge area of the hotel, but that originally that area was the dispensary um, and main entrance of the hospital. So uh, there were, there was all this sort of activity and um, you know, a lot of people believe they, this started when they removed the original dispensary desk. So when they started clearing this place out, rearranging things, um, you know, it, it, it ostensibly upset her, right? So, so these psychics came in, they were like, okay, let's put everything back. And so they put the dispensary desk back 
and th that's when um, there was the complaints sort of ceased, right? So, so they like went in and like kind of like, I guess heard what the, <laughs> what the girls wanted, which is like put it back, which is like an interesting, you know, um, which is an interesting thing because I feel like we've definitely heard that before in these stories, right? Like this idea right. that these ghosts or whatever it is, ha is hanging out there kind of wants things to stay the same. They, they want things to, um, like reminds me of that movie, the, the others. I don't know if you ever saw that. It's really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hillman, it's great movie. Right. Isn't it great? But that's, yeah. it, I thought that was such a perfect depiction of that. Right. Where they're just like, they feel like they're being haunted. Right. And it's like, everything's out of control and things are changing around. And it's actually just the fact that, they're dead. <laughs> you know, like people are living in the house, right? Sorry, sorry, spoiler alert uh, for, uh, for the movie. The others, <laughs> um, they're the ghosts. But um, but yeah, it's um, it's like that. So so I think you know, it's it's just, I don't know. It's just an interesting thing to me that you know, there's this energy hanging around. It kind of it, it starts you know sort of freaking out when things are moved around, um, and then is like kind of cool when it when it sort of goes back. So. Um, so out, out there, you know, there's tons of activity like this. Um, out there says that, you know, they, they encourage guests to like leave, um, you know, comments or, or their stories behind. Uh, and he says they, that, um, you know, they have like a journal, like a guest book where people can do this. And he says they have a 300 page journal each year um, that's uh, um, full of these stories. And they have four or five of these journals right now. So like this is wow. something, and I think I was just like poking around, and I think I found like a TripAdvisor review, and it was like a positive review, and it was someone talking <laughs> about like in their experience in Room Thirty Two. So this is like if you want, this is definitely I think one of those places that if you want to fucking have some type of ghost experience, like this is probably a pretty good place to go because it's so sort of rampant there. Um, mm. And yeah, I mean, so when I visited Jerome, um, you know, I didn't go in the hotel, but I was on like kind of a ghost tour and we went and sort of stood outside of it. There's, there's so much activity there and it's so, such a sort of hot spot that they don't allow ghost tours, I think, actually in the guest floors of the hotel. Like you have to like literally stay there, I think. Um, so so, so I, anyways, I didn't go in. But it's definitely one of those places, like, you look at it, it looks creepy. Um, it, it has that weird feeling to it. I mean, it's hard to separate that weird feeling just from the weird feeling you might get in just being in Jerome. Um, but, um, yeah, definitely haunted as played. So um, that is the story mm -hmm. of the Jerome Grand Hotel. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. And I kind of wonder, like, as you're talking about it, if it's location in a mountain has anything to do with what's going on there. Yeah, maybe. Talk is another liminal space. You know, I guess you can look uh, at right. it that way between Earth and the heavens. And yeah, I mean, and, and just like mountains are spiritual symbols. You know, I mean, in a lot of religions, I think like going to a mountaintop or whatever uh -huh, is kind of like a way to commune with yeah. the heavens or with the spirit world. Yeah, and I mean they've also dug down in there uh very deep. Like it's there's like miles and miles of underground tunnels right in that mountain. Wow. Right? They've dug down like I kind of stood at the top of one of them and just sort of looked down in, you know, and you just like feel that like again it's just sort of creepy. Like people would, you know, people yeah. would go down a mile and I think like 
like even i mean you know cross like there's like all these sort of like they've carved out the inside of the mountain in fact so are yeah. they all abandoned right now or those tunnels yeah or can you go explore if you want to i i, I don't know but i doubt it i i don't know maybe they let people down there i don't know like I don't know, like when I went to the one that those salt mines in Krakow, you know, like you went down these big stairs and they were like very much upkept and there was an elevator kept. I think they, I don't know if the elevators work in there or not. I can't remember. Maybe it is. I think it did not look fun to go down. It was like very small elevator. You know, I think they mm, like yeah. like a cage or like, you know, it looked like rickety as hell. And they said that right. like kids would like pile, like people would pile onto it, right? Like on the top. So they'd fill up the bucket and then people would actually like hang on to the rope <laughs> and go down like every day. And there was just like, you know, there was deaths down there every day. Um, mm. It was just a very dangerous place to work. But, you know, for a lot of people, it was, it was you know, lucrative or even just the only way for them. You know, a lot of immigrants, um, you know, they had a whole sort of stratas of immigrant communities there. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, I think originally the original, the original hotel, the original hospital, I should say, you know, they, they, like Jerome itself had a lot of like sort of uh, disasters over the years. Um, and I think one of them was, you know, they had lots of fires and one of them was like, um, I think the original building collapsed because of just, you know, they kept carving up the mountain. <laughs> like i think it was like an earthquake or something like that so when they built the building it was very solid like it was meant to withstand earthquakes and all sorts of things right so it's a very sort of solid building um but yeah this is wow. jerome grand hotel i kind of yeah, want to go back cool. it makes me want to go there i, I want to go to sedona i've never been there you know? yeah yeah yeah, I mean, it's like 30, 40 minutes from Sedona. Like, it's definitely worth, like, if you're going to Sedona, it's definitely worth going out there. Um, but, um, yeah, it's definitely a different different vibe. Yeah, I've got to get back out west yeah, yeah. at some point soon yeah. here. Cool. All right, do you want to do, you want to do your... Yeah, let me do, I'll do mine, and then we can, we can discuss. Yep. So... I recently took a trip to Michigan's Upper Peninsula to the town of Marquette. Um, it's the place I was born, and uh, there was some stuff I was going to do there. And so I figured I was looking around for a place to stay, and there's an iconic old hotel that has so much history, you know, going back decades. Um, and I figured, you know, I would look into it, and then as I started to kind of you know read about it I realized it was it's reported to be haunted so and it's not just by one but several ghosts it's called the landmark inn and it's located in the heart of downtown Marquette and it overlooks the shores of Lake Superior so it's got just like amazing views of the lake um and so I was like okay I'm, I'm doing this <laughs> and uh just to give you a little bit of background on the hotel, the construction began on the landmark in 1917. It wasn't finished until 1930, so it took quite a while. And when it first opened, it was called the Northland Hotel. And it was a full service hotel with 100 rooms and six floors. And basically, 
people who came to the area, a lot of times um, it would be people who were, you know, somehow associated with the mining industry. You know, maybe they had money. Um, a lot of famous people have stayed here over the years, uh, including Maya Angelou. Later yeah. on, Amelia Earhart, Duke Ellington, oh, wow. Abbott and Costello. And some of the rooms are named after these people. And basically it ran until it kind of has a similar story to yours in that it was closed down in 1982. It basically kind of had one life and was closed down for a while. It sort of fell into disrepair over the years. And then it was opened back up later and got a second life. So as you might imagine, the hotel has spawned a number of stories over the years. And the first legend is literally part of its foundations. So it is said that a woman was murdered by a jealous lover, and this was during the time when the hotel was still being constructed. So the killer took her body to the basement area and buried her beneath the building's foundations. And since then, hotel employees and construction workers who go into the basement area report hearing strange noises like disembodied voices, feeling a strange presence, and I will get back to that later. We'll circle back. Okay. But perhaps the most famous ghost is the one that haunts the lilac room, otherwise known as room 604, and it's located on the top floor of the hotel, and this is in a hallway that's painted with red walls, and it looks like something out of The Shining. I took photos. Uh, we'll, we'll post that. Uh, the decor is very elegant, but it's undeniably quite spooky. The lilac so room, the story, I mean, that just sounds like scary. <laughs> doesn't room. it? The lilac room. It sounds like a little uh, novella or something. Like something it, or... <laughs> it's actually, yeah, we can post a, a, fitter, a, a photo of the inside of it. I actually, they wouldn't let me go in because somebody was staying there. Oh, okay, okay. But I've I've watched videos and looked at photos of it. It's got pretty, I don't know, the decor is a little bit, probably an acquired taste (laughs) but uh but uh of that room in particular but yeah i'll I'll just uh i'll go into the story a little bit more here so the legend has it that a young woman was in love with a sailor who worked on a ship delivering ore to different parts of michigan and the upper peninsula so he had to travel quite often but when he was in marquette he stayed in this the lilac room on the sixth floor, room 604, and the two of them would meet there and spend time together. So one day he set out for a voyage on Lake Superior yet again. And just for those of you who you know, probably a lot of you don't know, Lake Superior, you know, you say you say the word lake and you might imagine it's this like little, you know, small thing where you can see to the other side. But It's the largest of the Great Lakes, I think the largest lake in the world, Hmm. and it's known for spawning really violent and treacherous storms. And I actually witnessed one when I was there, and I forgot. I remember seeing waves like this as a child, but I had forgotten how violent they can get and how enormous. Like, they were crashing over the breakwater. So just extremely violent storms. Is that the the guy with... ah. What's that old song? The um... the wreck of the Edmund yeah, yeah, Fitzgerald. Yeah, totally. Yes. Is that, 
I was just going to say oh, that sorry. the okay. lake has actually taken down these enormous ships and freighters, including the Edmund Fitzgerald. Oh, wow. So okay. it's not some placid little lake where you right, where you right. get out on your like pontoon boat or something. Right. Um, so anyway, he set out on this voyage and they had recently become engaged. So their plan was to marry when he returned home from his trip. And so after he set out, this woman anxiously awaited his return. And apparently she was waiting in the room for him. So I'm imagining he probably wasn't going to be gone that long, you know, maybe just a few days. But he never returned. So a violent storm hit and it, the boat sank, taking him with it beneath the cold waves and he never returned and she was so overcome by heartbreak that she supposedly tied a series of the hotel's cloth napkins that were printed with lilacs together end to end to create a noose and she hung herself Uh. outside the window of her hotel room on the sixth floor Uh. so to this day Guests and employees continue to report seeing a woman wandering the halls of the sixth floor or even creepier standing at the foot of their bed, just like the little kid ghost you mentioned in your story. So she's known as the lilac lady. And uh, during my stay, I talked to John, the front desk clerk. He's worked there for three years. So I did a little interview with him. And although he himself has not had any experiences with the ghost here's what he had to say he said that ever since you know that time that she lived there's always been reports of like a ghostly presence or a strange feeling and quote some people have said that they've seen her shadow all around the room or they might see her ghost at the front of the bed when they wake up in the middle of the night he said that her ghost tends to appear mainly in the room, in room 604, but the rest of the sixth floor is not off limits. So she will wander around in the hallways. And he often, he's only been working there for three years, but he gets reports of different apparitions and goings on on the regular. So I asked him what stories he's heard from guests and he said, it's always the same ones. They tell me that while they were in the room, They woke up in the middle of the night and there was a shadowy figure at the front of their bed. That's usually the main one that happens. Now, it's pretty realistic because some of the people don't know there's ghosts in the hotel and they don't know there's a ghost room. And we still have people that have stayed in that room and they come down and they tell us things have happened in that room and they ask, is this place haunted? So that kind of gives it confirmation that it's not fake. We probably get that once a week. And then he said that some people have reported that the curtains in the windows will start blowing around like there's a wind and then they go to check to see if the windows open and it's not. So there's no obvious like heat source or anything like that. But the, but the curtains are like blowing around in the room. Um, He also said that, some of the people just see this shadowy form, but others have actually seemed to see like more of a full apparition of this woman's ghost. And then he said, if someone's working up on the sixth floor and the, there's a bar called the crow's nest up there, 
Um, he said that, you know, sometimes when the employees are cleaning up, uh, they'll maybe walk down the hall and they will see something move and they'll look and nobody's there. So anybody working on the sixth floor has a chance of seeing something happening, even if they never enter room 604. Oh, wow. okay. um, some of the guests are, as you would imagine, really freaked out and want to change rooms. Right. And some of them like it. So the place has attracted ghost hunters, including sure. TV shows. And so some people come and they bring Ouija boards and they try to contact spirits okay. and claim that they have. Right. I know. Right. So John and I both agreed that's not a good idea. <laughs> but, you know, other people aren't so psyched about it. And he said that it, you know, pretty, com you know, it's a pretty common occurrence that people call and they ask to change rooms after they've experienced something in the room. And then he said that the front, this is, this one really creeped me out for some reason, even more than the ghost sightings. He said that sometimes at the front desk will um will quote will have nobody in the room and get calls from the room and there'll be nobody on the Oof. phone so they're getting phantom right, phone right. calls from room 604 they pick it up and there's nobody there at all and so i asked him whether they get calls like that from any of the other rooms and he said no so the housekeepers also say that they have an eerie sense while they're cleaning the room. And he said that the most frightening reports he's heard have not come from room 604, but from room 606 right next door. Because guests in that room have reported hearing screaming and loud banging noises coming through the walls from room 604. And when they call to complain and report it, the room is actually vacant. So there are no guests staying in nice. 604 and they're hearing screaming and loud screaming. banging noises. So it's pretty interesting though, because when the guests are staying in room 604, they never report hearing the screaming, he said. So it's, it's almost like, is she kind of respecting the fact that people are sleeping there <laughs> and just kind of creepily stares at them, <laughs> waits for them to wake up at like 3 a.m.? But she won't scream or bang stuff. You know, she's kind of being a little bit polite. Right. I feel like. So he. Know, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I feel like um, it's like, I don't know. I feel like as far as like ghost encounters of this kind, like I feel like waking up with a ghost standing at the end of your bed is like worst case scenario. <laughs> like what? I. I 100%. Right? 100%. Like, like the, the thought of like seeing one like walking down the hallway, like, oh, okay, it's got like shit to do, right? Like, cool. it's like cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. But the yeah, idea that right. it's like focused on you, but also like watching you while you're asleep, like that, and then you wake up and it's just standing there, that's terrifying to me. That's, I think that, yeah, you're right. It's worst case scenario. I think the only thing that is scarier is I remember years ago one time I, I think I went out on a date and it was one date it was <laughs> that was the end with, with somebody who told me that he thought he lived in a haunted house and he woke up in the middle of the night and I think it was more than once and there would was like a face floating over him over his face yeah right fuck that no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I ghosted I ghosted oh, him oh you couldn't resist <laughs> This is a little too scary. <laughs> um, 
so but anyway so so back to uh back to the landmark uh john also talked about the activity in the basement so we mentioned that earlier on and he said that's where our office is our so so i couldn't go down there and it's it's like an employees only space and he said that when there are only like a couple like maybe one or two people down there they've reported hearing things so it I guess it tends not to happen if there are a lot of people there. Um, but he said there's just a lot of banging. They'll be by themselves in the office and they'll hear a door slam or they might hear voices or they might hear clanging noises and they'll look around and there's nobody there. Wow. And for some reason that one yeah, creeped me out. Yeah, like I feel like... Even more than the sixth floor. I feel like you could like put like how scary some of this phenomena is in. <laughs> like I feel like banging and like things like that's like got to be like the least. And I guess the, I guess it depends on how like loud the banging is. But but like wouldn't you? Are we rather, rating? We're rating the the, yes. the terrifying ghosts. Yeah, like wouldn't would you right. rather hear banging or hear voices? I mean, voices sounds. Voices way is scarier. Worse. Voices is scarier. Yeah, because yeah, sure. like a bang, you could always be like, oh, that was the wind. It was a mouse or a cow, whatever. It's like you could kind of, but a voice, it's like where there isn't, where people are not. Okay. That's like. You know you know what would be really creepy, though? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, you're in bed at night. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nobody else in the house. Yeah. And outside, your, you've got your bedroom door closed, and you could just hear this. Okay, okay. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I come in? <laughs> right. This is asking. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's like, I don't know. Just like, remember that video? I think we talked about it before. The the one that um, I think it was like from like Patton Oswalt. It's like Twitter. <laughs> that video I sent you of like that security guard in like a mausoleum or something. It was like a lot of banging. Right? Oh, remember that? And then... Yeah. It was like a lot of like really loud bangs, and then there was like something. He was like in some maybe it's like the chapel or something. Mortuary. I can't remember where it was, but he walks into this room, and something goes get out or something like that. And he's oh, like, "Oh yeah, goes, that's Fuck right." This and then like, like yeah. left, and like that was. Don't like, have quits. to tell me twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like something. It said something like threatening like that, and it was like he's like, "Okay, that's it. That's enough." Right. Yeah. So is this is this supposed to like is the sense that this is all this one ghost or this no. one entity? Oh no, there's more than okay. No, okay. it's it's a couple. It's a so couple. I think the basement one is different. Although oh, okay. it was really okay. interesting because I did the research on that and and John didn't know this history of it. He oh, didn't apparently know that part of the story oh, because okay. he was kind of you know at, at one point um, he said something like, yeah, and I don't understand why he's like, most of it, you know, happens in room 604 on the sixth floor, but I don't understand why there'd be something in the basement too. But apparently this basement entity is related to the m potential murder that happened. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. You know, in, in the, during the construction of the hotel. Right. You said in the foundations. Right. Okay. I forgot about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, maybe, okay, but that's not all. Okay. Okay. All right. So. You're probably wondering, did I experience anything yes. while I stayed there? Yes. Okay. So I I didn't see any apparitions. You know, I'm just leveling with you. But I did, and I, I stayed on the fifth floor. Okay. 
This was so the I sixth was floor beneath the, okay, the sixth floor yeah. is the haunted floor. The fifth floor was not. I mean, honestly, the sixth floor was booked. I could not get up there. I would. I would have done it. I would have okay, done it for I you guys. You. I believe you. But but it, but it was yeah. It, it wasn't. There was no vacancy. So what I have to say though is that I did have pretty restless sleep, pretty uh -huh. much consistently. So I would wake up a lot during the night, and I mean, you know. For sure, the stories of this woman appearing at the foot of the bed. I was like, well, maybe, you know, maybe she'll decide to come down here one night. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it wasn't yeah, yeah. that creeped me out. And I'm not going to lie, I did go to sleep with the light on a couple times and I stayed there. <laughs> okay. So you can maybe chalk, you know, that restlessness up to hearing the spooky stories. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, it, it kind of felt like maybe it was a little more than that, you know, like almost like a physical thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard to describe. But I did explore a little bit and I took photos on the sixth floor, as I mentioned, of that like red hallway right. and of the, you know, the, the 604 door. Um, but when I was looking around, I went downstairs. I was, you know, I took a couple photos in the lobby and then I kind of looked off to my left and I saw another room off to the side and it looked like kind of like a, a stately banquet room that was mostly closed off by these curtains that hung down instead of a door. Um, and even though this wasn't an area that I was told uh, any of the phenomena occurred in, I just had a, an mm. instant eerie feeling about that room. So I pulled out my phone, I snapped a couple photos in, there, there are like a, two of them. And in the second photo, there's actually like a little, like a small light shining out from the darkness. But, but, I'm just going to say, I'm going to be a skeptic. It could be due to maybe some lights that were in the room. Okay. That the second photo captured, although I hadn't really moved my position. But, I'm just going to say that, but I'll post that. Okay. Um, but in any case, I forgot all about this room until the morning I checked out. So... This time, John wasn't working. A different man was working at the desk who I'd never talked to. So I just figured, okay, I'm on my way out. I'm going to ask him if he's had any experiences. So sure enough, he claimed that he had the sense um, that someone was watching him, you know, and he reported the same kind of general feelings of unease. And... But his most dramatic experience happened when some ghost hunters visited and he was present while they were exploring and checking out the sixth floor. So he told me that they had brought all of this different paranormal equipment. Um, I don't I don't know, you know, EMF, whatever, and, you know, something that had kind of a screen on it. And he said that at one point, you know, they're taking measurements you know, filming, whatever they're doing. But he looked down the hallway and he saw with his naked eye kind of an orb of light in the mm. hallway. And the crew immediately trained a piece of their equipment on the area. And he said that, no joke, on their screen, he saw the shadowy figure of a man that it was a clear humanoid dark shape walking across the hall exactly in the place he'd seen this orb oh he saw this it was his account and he, he was like excited account. to tell me because this was like you know right. 
in his mind, the most dramatic experience that he'd had. And this was um, some, this he saw this on their camera walking. Right. Like across. first for, he was, you know, with them when right. they were doing, you know, kind of going around and filming. And he saw like an orb of light in the hallway. And when they pointed this piece of equipment at it, what showed up on the screen was the shadowy humanoid figure in the hallway, like in that exact place where he had just seen an orb of light. So that's certainly interesting. Um, But then he pointed off to my left toward that banquet, banquet room and he told me, oh, and that room also has some activity. And he went on to tell me that some years back, a man had fallen off of the fire escape, tragically, but it was directly over that room. And since then, people experience things there. So maybe I did send something. Huh, yeah. I mean, did, I don't know. did you, like, just as you were in this place, like, did you have more feelings like that? Where did you sense, feel anything, or was it like these particular spots, or did you have that feeling elsewhere? Like as soon as you walked in, like what was? Like I said, that banquet room, for whatever right. reason, something gave jumped me out the to, you, to you there. there was something, even though I was being told the basement and the sixth right, floor right, are the right. hot spots. Yeah. Right. You know, so it was almost like this confirmation on the last day I was there that there was something to do with that room. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the restlessness potentially, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, it could be, could be something, but yeah, I think, uh, I like to keep an open mind, but I'm not gonna, you know, stretch the truth at all here. Uh-huh. But, but I do feel, I think that there was definitely some kind of something some kind of energy okay yeah there I'm, I, I mean if I had to pick if I had to pick I'm coming down on the side of yeah there's there's something there okay something okay there. yeah I mean I think you know it's it's hard to talk about these things sometimes because you know it, it really is about the sort of like personal experience right like um you know just this this feeling that we get it's it's like not as sort of sensational as a um you know, picture or or sound that we like particularly witness but like that feeling right of like something's different something's wrong something else here is so clear when you're there right like it, the unease the or unease the, and, and it's like yeah. we, we we so often need to like put a label on a thing or have the thing explained or whatever that it's easy to sort of like dismiss or undermine or not take as important that like sensation that feeling about something right like we think that it's so squishy or something that it's like oh we're just like you know i don't know like i think that we can put more trust into that than i think we do right and it, and it's what makes it so hard to talk about because it's like if you're not there like you can go well i think it was this <laughs> you know but i've had that experience too where you go somewhere and it's like all of a sudden you're like, oh, that feels something feels wildly different, wildly different, not just like a little different, like wildly different and feels like alarming 
right? The way you would be alarmed around a big animal or something like that, right? Where something's like, you know, something about it puts you on edge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's when you're sort of discussing it secondhand or, or, or second guessing yourself, it's quite easy to sort of dismiss that. Do you know what I mean? But when you're standing there in the moment, that's not something that happens a lot. Right. Like, right. Right. yeah. So, so I'm with you. I mean, like, I think, you know, I think there was definitely goes there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I think, I think, uh, I think, um, I think, I guess what I'm saying is like, you should trust that feel. I think we all should trust those feelings more, those sensations mm-hmm. more because they're telling us something, right. That we're, sensitive to things like that and like i don't know my experiences with um you know like hotels like this were similar right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like you know what i think we should do an episode on that that kind of reminds me it's kind of in this territory it's like the sense that people when you feel someone's eyes on you yes when exactly. you feel like you're being watched right. and that is like an ancient primal thing it must be right i mean totally the predator prey relationship and totally though there's and there's like i feel like it's a similar and it's like there's there's truth to it right like there is like i mean now we know there's actually science there right like you're actually there's like fucking energy comes out of your eyes right like you can actually sense things on your skin you can sense a gaze on your skin right like that's possible and we know just from Oh, that's fascinating. You know, physics that, like, when you look at a thing, it changes a thing. Yes. Spooky action at a distance. <laughs> right? Like, just, well, mm-hmm. yeah. Quantum entanglement, right? Yeah, yeah. What is it? Um, mm-hmm. the when you observe something Schro- Schroeder, that kind of has a... Schroeder's has a... cat or whatever. Yeah. Is that it? Um, yeah, where you you observe, they if you observe a particle or whatever, shine a light on a particle, it right. acts differently, right? Like the... Right, the other... Yeah. The, yeah. The, so, yeah. so this idea that, like you know, that we can feel something or someone looking at us, like we know that's true. And we know that like, mm-hmm. you know, so just because we can't see what's looking at us, we think, well, then certainly it doesn't exist, <laughs> right? Or we shouldn't trust that feeling. But I say we should because, you know, like I said, my my experience with places like this was similar. Like, I mean, I've definitely stayed in some haunted hotels and I think, you know, I couldn't sleep just because I was I'm scared, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like did you sense anything did you have any experience definitely that yes you feel? yes like okay. definitely like some of them and these were like um kind of all over like i stayed at a couple different castles you know i uh in europe <sighs> just you live in my dream <laughs> like in mm-hmm. scotland i stayed a couple i stayed at one in france and not specifically that we're like oh we're gonna stay here because it's haunted it was like Oh, this place is like like you walk up and you're like, oh, this place is definitely haunted, right? But then I've definitely stayed at some like <laughs> hotels in well, the probably States. if it has a dungeon, it's haunted. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think uh yeah, and then I stayed at one, I think at least one or maybe two in the States that were supposed to be haunted, right? And then I stayed at one and, and all those places, like some of them like I just had like a general creepy feeling, but it's hard to separate that from expectations but in a couple of them and in a couple of the places that weren't hotels like i had that experience of like i walked by a place and something like something caught my attention do you know what i mean just like a feeling right but the one that i did have 
I stayed somewhere that, um, so I stayed at this motel in Ojai and I did, it wasn't like I had this like crazy experience or something, but there's definitely like, Ojai is one of those places with like a special energy to it. Right. If you've been there, but it's, um, no, no. I haven't, but I believe you. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like one of those places. So, um, so I was staying there at a hotel, a motel. And I think, I think like I heard something or like I couldn't sleep and I kept, I kept feeling like I was hearing something. Like maybe I said, I I can't remember if it was like footsteps or something like that. Or like, I can't remember what it was like. And it wasn't even that like scary or anything. I just remember mentioning that to a friend who stayed there. I think like around that time, they either stayed before or after me. I can't remember when, but, but I mentioned that to them. And they were like, oh, yeah, no, I definitely heard ghost, a ghost. And I was like, really? And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, like all night long. And I went to the, and they said they went to the um, front desk the next morning and was like, are there ghosts here? And and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally ghosts. <laughs> like, so that was an example. That's where interesting. I didn't know yeah, this see, place that's just was like definitely what haunted. John said. Yeah, exactly. We're mm-hmm. like. I heard something and I wasn't even pointing it out to my friend. Like, Oh, like I definitely, I can't even remember why I brought it up. Um, but they were like, Oh yeah, no, there was definitely haunted. Like, you know, they had an experience like all night long with whatever this thing was. And like, so that was interesting because there was no expectation for me of this. Right. And I just had Mm -hmm. this experience and, but, um, but yeah, so I don't know. I think that, um, I mean, I, I, so, so I put sort of credence in that, but I think even when, we sense something when we, you know, hear the stories or, or whatever, like, I don't know, I think there's still something in that. So. Yeah. Do we have time uh, for like a few other stories sure. that I called from the internet? Sure. Okay. So I was curious to know, if, you know, what other people who had worked at allegedly haunted hotels had to say, you know, what other stories were out there. So of course I, I went straight to Reddit. So I'm just going to read, I'll read through a few of these right now. Okay. So this one, uh, I worked in a haunted hotel was posted by a Mr. Snowflake. I love that name. If you don't believe in ghosts, I totally respect that. To be honest, before I worked at this hotel, I wasn't sure what I believe myself. When I was 19, I worked as a night auditor at a four star hotel in my hometown. I'm not naming the hotel because they aren't quote, out about being haunted Uh (laughs) if i'd have known i don't know if i would have applied to work there especially at night when i was hired i had to sign a non-disclosure agreement stating i couldn't talk to anyone especially the media about my experiences on the job and i didn't think anything of it at the time on my first night aka my training shift i was taught that two to three times a night we were supposed to walk around the hotel The hotel was so small that the night auditor doubled as a night security. As as some context, each hallway had these beautiful floor-length mirrors at each end of the hall. Okay, that's that's already scary. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's over that. The person training me advised me not to look into the mirrors while I was walking around. (laughs) (laughs) Because if I saw, quote, something... I wasn't allowed to scream. What? This advice seemed harmless enough. I, I mean, I'm sorry. No, 
I'm walking out after that. But anyway, okay. On my third night ship, I happened to be sitting at the front desk with my trainer and we had a good view out the front door. The parking lot was well lit. Suddenly movement caught the corner of my eye. A child-sized red cloaked figure quickly came into view. As they walked by, they turned to look into the glass front door. Words don't do the face justice. Let's just say it wasn't the face of a living, breathing child. I sat there stunned, unable to process what I just saw. I was just about to open my mouth when I looked over to my trainer who was staring open-mouthed. She barely uttered, did you see that? A long time passed of us just being quiet. Things were super awkward and uncomfortable for the rest of the shift. My trainer quit the moment the morning manager came in. She kept repeating that she'd had enough and seen enough. The next night, the manager herself agreed to change her schedule and finish my training. We got along really well and we started chatting casually. When I finally worked up the courage to ask about my old trainer quitting, the manager admitted that they never kept night auditors long and some of the more tenured day staff actually had a betting pool about how long people would last. That's funny. So she reluctantly went on to explain why. The backstory is the hotel started life as a mill in the mid 1800s when the town was founded. In the 1940s, there was a tragic accident where a little girl fell down the elevator shaft and her grandfather and dog fell to their deaths trying to save her. It's heartbreaking. So this was actually part of the reason the mill was shut down. It was left empty until it was turned into a hotel, just like both of our stories mm. with this like second life in the 1970s. Since then, they've been quietly plagued by numerous ghostly encounters. So... The owners of the hotel didn't want this advertised because they were trying to pro um, project the image of a four-star hotel, not a ghost hunter haven, her words. Um, so, yeah, there's that one. Interesting. I like the okay. light they weren't allowed to scream. <laughs> I know. At the mirrors. There's something about a mirror image at night and not and uh, you know, what you might though. see in it. Okay, so this one said, just had some guests tell me this hotel is haunted. Always knew it was, but everyone thought I was crazy. Let's start back in 2008 when I, was wor I began working here. I worked three 3 to 11 shifts and two NA shifts. Now, I thought maybe I was going crazy because a few weeks in, I started to see a black shadow on the CCTV moving across one area of the parking lot. Okay, fine. Messed up camera system. Every now and again, I would see out of the corner of my eye, just outside the office window, a redheaded woman who I would swear would come from the elevator and walk by toward the street. Now, the front desk is right next to the driveway, and the elevator is just behind the office to the left, so I have a good view of the street from here. I would look toward her, and no one would be there. Sure, it could have been because I was tired. After all, it was always between 2 and 5 a.m., I also heard from a couple housekeepers over the years that they would be in a room and they would hear what sounded like someone stealing their cart and rolling it down the hall. But when they would step out of the room, there would be no one there. Now, there have been two other employees out of the 20-something that we have gone through since the new management took over. 
and one from prior who have also experienced the black shadow moving around the parking lot. Keep in mind that this is also after we got a brand new camera system in 2015. Over the last couple of years, things have been dead. It seemed that with the change of ownership, these ghostly friends no longer gave a damn about being seen. Anyway, about an hour ago, at 5 a.m., odd things started to happen. The elevator doors began to open and close every two minutes or so by themselves. This has never happened before. I got a call from a room stating that the housekeeping was knocking at the door because the person said housekeeping. So I guess the guests called to complain that housekeeping at 5 a.m. was knocking on their door and asking to be let in. Um, yet, uh, rewinding the cameras, no one was ever outside that room. Then, several times over the last hour, there's been a knocking on the door to the back office, like someone has entered via the back door, which is locked. Every time I would go check, no one was there. So, let's go back to the redheaded lady for a moment, shall we? For my first couple of years here, I never said a word about her until any to anyone until one day my general manager at the time and I were talking and I told him about the lady and then he then showed me a photo of his old manager who had committed suicide one day after she had left. She didn't do it on the property, however. The woman I had seen was the same woman in the photo. I had never seen a photo of her before. So around 5.20 a.m. I had the first checkout. They came down with a white expression on their face, really nice people throughout the stay, so they were not looking for any comps or discounts. And they said that as they were closing the door to the room to check out, they could have sworn they saw a woman with red hair standing in their room. Uh. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna just do one more. Okay. Um, I worked housekeeping in a chain hotel. There was one room at the end of the hall where things would happen while you were working on it, and the same two things every time. Sometimes the faucet would start running, not full blast or anything, but turned on enough to be running steadily. A half turn of the knob, I'd say. I'd be in the other room and suddenly hear water gurgling down the drain. Sometimes I'd be working on the tub and hear it come on behind me. Whoever or whatever would also turn on the TV. I'll never forget being warned on my first day that things would happen in the room. And then while making a bed and rustling the sheets noisily, suddenly aware, I was hearing muffled voices and seeing the TV was on. I'm getting chills thinking back on those moments. Whatever part of the room your back was to, it felt like someone was there. I got the feeling they didn't want to be in the way, but they wanted to be there with you. One thing we all felt throughout the staff, none of us felt threatened. None of us felt like it was a bad person or someone who was trying to frighten us. We all felt overwhelmingly like it was someone trying to reach out and had limited ways and was lonely. Sometimes I'd say hello. Sometimes I'd say sorry because I felt like if they were frustrated trying to tell me something, I'd want them to know I felt for them. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's kind of a different perspective on the hotel haunting phenomena too. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's interesting, you know, this sort of like staff relationship too and like just like, I don't know. You know, there's like, you know, very often we have these stories from like the guest point of view, but like 
you know, imagine like you go to, you're going to work and there's like ghosts, <laughs> you know, right. and like, and I mean, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, one well, is in this other women like had like, you know, a more sort of empathetic reaction, right? Which is interesting, right? You know? Yeah, I thought that was really sweet, and also just like, to me, I mean, that would really kind of firm up your confidence that something's going on. If you work in a hotel, you see people come in, they have no clue that there's a reputation. Yeah, yeah. Right, you know, they're not right, ghost hunters, right. they're not that type. And then they're, they're calling up and they're being like, uh, is this place haunted? Can I switch rooms? Yeah. And then it keeps happening on yeah. the regular. Yeah, yeah. That to me right there, it would be such confirmation that that the spirit world is real. And, fa- and in fact, John, he kind of, he, you know, he came in, he has like a Christian religious outlook anyway. So he's sort of bias into the whole spirituality stuff but i asked him if he was afraid ever and he said no that um I'll, I'll try to find his quote here um he basically said i figure if you actually see a ghost then you have proof that there's an afterlife hmm. so that was his outlook on it like yeah it's yeah, all yeah. good news yeah. which i can see the logic of that you know but i mean yeah. I, i'm still gonna leave the light on if i ever stay in the <laughs> lilac totally. room totally yeah, I mean, there's, there's something sort of, you know, essentially scary about, about you know, seeing something in the dark, right? Right. But, I, I mean, I think that to some degree we are sort of uh, programmed by, you know, film and, you know, stuff like that with books and st- other stories that teach us to be scared of those things. Do you know what I mean? Some mm-hmm. of those things are mm-hmm. scary and some of them maybe are malicious or are threatening you know but some some, maybe Mm -hmm. some of them aren't right just like the world around us right um so you know there's some things that are threatening (laughs) some things that are are not right and so i don't know i just don't think it's like one thing i guess right so but nobody nobody standing at the edge of of your bed yeah no that one well yeah i feel like ghost or otherwise you just don't want anybody or anything standing at the edge of your bed (laughs) <laughs> or in your closet. Or in your closet, yeah. Right. So, well, cool. I don't know. I feel like we did it. Do you feel like we did it? We did it. We did haunted hotels. So the ruling is, yes, there are ghosts in hotels. <laughs> Some hotels. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come down. I think yes. I'm gonna say yes too. I think yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say you know? yes. And I mean, I think it goes back to like you know when we first started and you were talking about the different classifications of ghosts, right? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, like yeah. some things are these residual energies, yeah. and some might be actual. You know, I guess that's the question. Some are are are, you know, maybe are they the spirits of the departed that are kind of stranded here or mm. come back for a visit? And I'm also going to, you know, it's like my go-to. I think that some of them are just like straight up demons. Uh-huh, right, right. You know, the, the, like the, 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 the bad ones. Yeah, yeah. Some, what, 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 do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's, I think there's um, a variety of things going on, right? I think there's definitely, you know, I think the sort of, there's like two quintessential sort of ghosts, right? One is just an echo. And one is somebody who didn't go into the light, right? Because of, Mm -hmm. because they were hanging on in some way, right? They were, it was tragic. They were confused, something like that, right? Where there was an emotional attachment or it happened so fast in such a strange way that they become sort of, they became sort of lost along the way. And then Mm -hmm. I think there's, 
these places that can have a sort of like darker energy to it for whatever reasons. Maybe something happened mm-hmm. there. Maybe it's just that's something about the natural world that we don't really understand. Do you know what I mean? That can attract right. something else that is. Or there can be like, yeah, dr- it, for whatever human. reason, whatever happened there draws these lower level entities. Something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Or, or it could be a portal. Or a portal. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so. So what do you guys think? Yeah, yeah. Let us know. Ever stay in a haunted hotel? Yes. We want to hear about yeah. it. Send us your Shadowland stories. Podcast at gmail.com. Yep. Go buy some t-shirts yep. and some stickers. Shadowlandpodcast.com. Yep. Shop. There's a shop button there. And we'll post something on the um, Instagram at some point, too. Yeah, but go check it out so and yeah. ha- happy halloween happy spooktober happy halloween everybody and uh also uh we just want to say thank you to the people who've left us yes. uh these nice reviews it means a lot if you're enjoying the show you know drop us five stars a nice review it goes a long way it really helps us it helps the show grow and yeah. um please send us your stories dm us yes. follow us on instagram too yep all right, so I guess until next time. Until next time. Talk right. to you soon. All right, bye. All right, bye. Shadowland Podcast is produced by Seth Javlin and Christina Callard. Edited by Tim Kelly. Theme music by Tim Lincoln. Thanks, Tim. I think my Pottery Barn Halloween wreath is haunted. I should have mentioned it. <laughs>